Hello, everyone. Welcome to Next Nest, the podcast that reaches out to empty nesters and retired couples. If you grew up on Fleetwood Mac and you also know that Jeremiah was a bullfrog, then join with us. You probably are one of us. If you worry about finances, vacationing, missions, exercise, or even that pesky irregularity, this podcast is for you. We talk to members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but all of our other friends are welcome to listen in, too. Sitting by me today is my younger sister supreme, Irene Hill. Welcome, Irene. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. All righty. Very good. This is the first podcast of this venture we're now calling Next Nest. So if all of your brood has flown the nest and you're looking for what great thing to do next in your life, I know that we've kind of been there before too, so that's why we started this, Try Next Nest. Hopefully we're going to offer you all kinds of great possibilities and we're going to share information from friends around the nation and perhaps, who knows, maybe even different parts of the world. That's not too ambitious, is it? Heck no. We can do that. (laughs) I'm sure, yeah. We know a lot of you are interested in or concerned about the same kind of stuff that keeps uh, Irene and me energized, keeps us awake at night. Certainly awake at night. Absolutely, for sure. So we have with us here two co-hosts, yours truly, meaning me, and this again, my sister supreme, Irene Hill. So let's start by telling you a little bit about who we are and why we're here, and then we'll get to some topics we want to explore in future podcasts. I am Robert Wakefield. I'm the initiator of this project, and uh, most of those people who know me call me Rob, except for, of course, uh, Mom, you know, who, when she was upset with me, then it was Son Robert. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I remember. Yeah. But um, I don't know about Irene here, but I consider myself still a farm boy from Oregon. But today I'm really close to retirement after about 35 years in public relations and some 15 years of teaching in the School of Communications at Brigham Young University, a university some of you may have heard about. And uh, we also, again, have Irene here, so tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm just liking that rhyme of Supreme Irene. I think that's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah, Actually, (laughs) I'm the lucky younger sister of this guy, Rob, (laughs) though the lucky part wasn't evident until we grew out of our sibling rivalry phase. (laughs) That's for sure. I'm a mom, and I love that role, but my last child turns 21 this year. So not one of them needs or even appreciates my advice anymore. My husband retired in July. So this podcast fits my needs right now and in my life. Um, I think it'd be true to say both of Rob and I, right? That life for both of us has been a series of moves and adventures. For both of us, it started when dad decided to serve the government in Vietnam through a job with USAID. So he moved his family to Provo because our older siblings were here, then to Portland, Oregon, 
then to Taiwan, then back to Provo. That was all in about a year, right? Yeah, it seems like it. <laughs> Two or three at the most. Yeah. And so we ended up in Provo. We both graduated from Provo High School. Yay! Yeah. Go oh, Provo hail High. Provo <laughs> High. That's it. Then we both went on to BYU, Brigham Young University, then a church mission for Rob to Japan and me to Italy. From there, we both got married and our lives went separate directions. Yeah, since I'm the older one, I guess I bit the bullet first. It took a while. I was 27 when I got married to my dear wife, Clyde Wanacott Wakefield. And somehow we pulled a Salt Lake City girl into some farm boy from Oregon, and it seemed to work. So uh, we have uh, since gone on quite a bit. We've lived together, been married together for 36 and a half years. We have two sons. And uh, both of those were uh, came to us in what we feel was very miraculous ways. So um, that's kind of how we started. We've lived in lots of different places. We started in Salt Lake City. Then we went from there to Maryland. I, for whatever reason, had a strong feeling that I needed to go to get a Ph.D. after starting out with, with uh, public relations work right out of college. So we went off to the University of Maryland, and we were there for a couple of years. Then we came back here. I worked for Newskin International in Provo for several years. And then from there, I... Uh, managed to have to choose between two positions. One was in Syracuse University, where I really wanted to go, except I wasn't particularly keen on shoveling all that snow. Or I had the chance to go to BYU Hawaii. And (laughs) uh, for whatever reason, we chose the second one. And that one was a great job. I loved it. I was there from 2001 to 2005. The only hard part of it was that every day I had to shovel the sand off my desk when I would come into work from the beach. But um, we loved it too because we went to visit. (laughs) Yeah, that was a lot of fun for sure. So then we came back here in 2005 after our oldest uh, graduated. He's a Kahuku Red Raider for life. Those of you who might know that what that means and uh, so we came back here I got a job at BYU a professor of communications I've been here for 15 years and then uh, my wife actually started working with Irene's husband at Imagine Learning a company that they formed with our older sister and it's done pretty well for itself Irene and Curtis actually helped fund that company so there we are how about you yeah that's great so funny, older marriage seems to run in the family because <laughs> it was, took a while too. So I came back from my mission to Italy and worked for three years as a secretary. I'd graduated it from BYU before my mission, but not in anything I could really work in. So I went to work as a secretary, and after three years I thought, wow, if I'm not going to get married anytime soon, I'd rather be the boss than the secretary. <laughs> so I with a lot of guts, I, I enrolled in the BYU MBA program. And while there, I met a great second-year student named Curtis Hill. We had a library, lounge, uh, whatever, uh, Tanner Building romance. 
and Nothing uh, actually better. there was no romance about it. We were just great friends <laughs> until about April when he was leaving to go to Minnesota and I was saying, wait a minute, what about me? So he offered me uh, to become his wife and to transfer to the University of Minnesota. So I finished my business program there and then we started a fun adventure working for Northwest Airlines, traveling from living on both coasts and in between in Minnesota, which is where I had four of my six children. Um, had a great time. We loved Minnesota, snow and all, <laughs> as it goes. Yeah, yeah, you can have the snow. <laughs> but ended up uh, having a job, a kind of crisis, and we ended up in California. And then I learned that my sister was starting this company or was trying to start this company, and we'd been looking to start a company, and it was just kind of, you know, just one of those serendipitous moments, and we went into business with my sister, and it was a great ride. Brought us to Provo, Utah 12 years ago, and um, my husband actually retired from that company in July. So we're just starting, as I said, into this next nest phase. Mm -hmm. Good place to be, actually, starting into the empty nester kind of a phase of life. And Irene's uh, youngest son just got married a couple of weeks ago. He did. How's he doing? Still hanging in there, I assume. Well, they're swamped with school because they weren't really paying attention to that for a couple of months. (laughs) And they decided to get married in the middle of the semester. But I think they're happy. And we had a really fun wedding. They just wanted to party, and that's what we did. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, you know, as a professor, I see that all the time. I see students who, even the best of students, who for whatever reason decide that uh, the middle of the semester is the best time to get married. I don't quite understand that. But it happens, and they seem to survive it. And, you know, as you tell your story, it just reminds me that um, between you and me, I think we pretty much cover the nation. You know, we've lived mm, in probably. Uh, yeah, Oregon, Utah, Maryland, Hawaii. We have a home in Dallas, and you've been in Philadelphia and Minnesota mm-hmm. and Reno. California and Oregon and Utah and Nevada and uh, mm-hmm. oh, and Nevada. That's mm-hmm. right. So yeah, so we've really, really been around a little bit in that regard, and so. We probably have friends out there all over the place. That's good when you want to start a podcast like this. So, anyway, um, we since we 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 kind of want to go on. I think to why are we doing this? Well, yeah, you came up with this podcasting idea. What was that about, Rob? Why? How did that happen? Well, you know, since I teach at uh, communications at BYU, one of my challenges is that um, the students know how to communicate <laughs> over social media, mm. this great technology that we have around nowadays. And uh, I know that uh, there are some major generation gap kind of issues between what we and our generation know about social media and technology and all of that stuff versus the seemingly, you know, I mean, it's like these these new generation kids were born with computers in their hands and phones on their ears and all of those kinds of things. It's just natural, right? 
Very, very true. So my role, my job, my challenge as a professor is to stick up with them, stay with them, and try to keep up. And there's no way you can really keep up with what they're learning. I, I learned, I, I mean, I learned Facebook last week. Can you imagine? And they're already far, far past Facebook. Oh, they've left <laughs> Facebook a long time ago, Rob. <laughs> Welcome to their old world. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I actually have <clears throat> known about Facebook for more than for, for at least a few weeks anyway. So so there we are, but you know, I try to keep up with them and I was thinking every summer as as I have a little bit of break between the school years, I try to think of how I can keep up with them, things I can do and uh how and, and last summer I have an opportunity also as a professor in in places I've been and Irene's been uh, been able to go to church in a lot of different places. And what a great blessing that is to be able to go to uh, a sacrament meeting and to the block or whatever in a whole lot of different places around the country and even different parts of the world. And and there's always this underlying sameness. You know, the gospel's the same mm-hmm. everywhere you go. But the other thing that's the same is that when you go to a dry priest's meeting or, you know, relief Watch society, language. <laughs> something like that. Of course, it's, those don't exist anymore anyway. <laughs> but um, you, we talk to people, and we talk to people our age, and we introduce ourselves, and they introduce themselves, and we start talking about different issues. And what happens is we find out that we're all talking about the same kinds of things, you know, we kind of talk about um, families and kids and grandkids, and we talk about uh, the possibility of missions and when and how and why do we do all of those kinds of things and should we do it, etc. We talk about travel that we've done and uh, places that we've been able to go, and we talk about uh, health and wellness and, and those things, and so... It just hit me. I don't know how or where or when, but one day, hey, here's a way that I can mesh my need to keep up on technology with uh, something that sounds kind of fun. We can actually talk with people over social media and the Internet. So that's kind of how it began. And uh, it went on from there, and we, we started throwing around names. I actually got a couple of students here at BYU, um, who've been wonderful in helping set up some websites and Facebook page and those kinds of things. And uh, we got throwing around possibilities of names and we came up with stuff like wrinkled owls, <laughs> you know. And I like that one. <laughs> for some reason, uh, they actually went out and did pilot testing of their parents, you know, and things like that. And it's interesting, if you're our age, wrinkled owls may be okay, but if you're in your 50s, wrinkled? Are you kidding Nobody me? Nobody wants to be wrinkled, anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, even in the 60s, much less the 50s. The 50s, no way. So uh, one of the names that just kind of popped up, well, you're empty nesters, now what? Well, what about next nest? And so that's that's who we are. Hard to say, but catchy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it grows on you. You get used to saying next nest together <laughs> kind of a thing. So there we are. Cool. Rob came to me. He approached me about this idea, which I was flattered, to be honest. I've never done anything, you know, kind of techie like this. In fact, to be honest, I've probably listened to two podcasts in my life. Mm-hmm. Not because I'm not interested. I have friends who they send me 
great podcasts all the time and I have every intention of listening, but it, it just, you know, that, that moment of like, wait, how do I get into this? What do I do? Yeah, podcasts are hard, you know, they really are. It's 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 a tough one and I know our generation struggles with it. You have to push a button. Yes. That's kinda hard. <laughs> you have to know which button to push. You have to find oh, the right true. button to push. Okay, okay. So I'm gonna do better, I promise. But so he asked me if I wanted to be involved and you know, I couldn't say no. I I told him and didn't I say this? I don't want a job, Rob. Yeah, I, you did. Right. I've avoided a job like almost my whole life. <laughs> I don't want to start now. So I have plenty to do to keep me interested and involved in many good things. But I was really intrigued by this concept. And I loved the idea of inviting people in that have been there, done that, are doing great things. I was excited about that. So here I am. He said he'd do all the work. I just had to show up. <laughs> so here yeah. I am. Uh, Irene knows me. She 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 knows that that's not totally true. That she's going to have to do something. Uh, I'm <laughs> sure, but uh, we'll make it work. And you know, I remember one other thing about your conversation, though. Speaking about the job part of it, I do remember that uh, Curtis had just retired. And you told me that you were talking to your friend uh, about, mm-hmm. uh, you know, now my husband's retired. He's going to be home all the time. So how do I deal with that? And actually, research shows that that's one of the most stressful times in a woman's life. Is The first one is when she brings her first baby home. And then the next one is when husband comes her home husband retired. <laughs> so she asked her friend, uh, what do I do? And her friend said, well, get a job. It's true. <laughs> you know, so here she is. Here we are. So there are some uh, topics that we're going to do on our podcast. And if you look on our website, we're, uh, we're, we're going to be up and running here in really just a few days. But you look at that website, uh, it's Next Nest Hub. So Hub is kind of the central force, or the central station, if you will, for websites and Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and podcasts and all of these things that we're going to get into. But uh, you go into there, and there are a series of top main main topic points that we're going to discuss on podcasts. And um, one of those is going to be kind of when to retire, financing. How do we do it? Do we do it? Can we afford it? And all of those kinds of things. We're going to have people who are experts on finances. And um, here very soon in the near future, we're going to talk to somebody who actually is an expert on financing for retired couples specifically so there's that one what else are we going to do oh we're going to talk about health and wellness you know there's that big exercise thing and eating right keeping our minds alert isn't that one that we're all concerned about it at least for me and then how about serving missions you know isn't that the thing we've all said where that Mm -hmm. what we're going to do when we grow up Someday yet, in the far, yeah, far, 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 far yeah, future, exactly. we're going to do these senior missionary things. Yeah. Oh, yeah, here it is. Only here we are. And now we've got, I've got six kids. I've got five grandchildren. There's always something happening. Either a new one's going to be born or someone's about to get married or my son's about to graduate from his with his PhD. And how can I miss any of those things? So we want to talk about, wait, how do you do this? How do you leave your kids and grandkids and go for a year or two? And what kind of mission should we serve if we go? I mean, do we have to go where there are bugs? That's my big question. <laughs> and then yeah, that, that's a tough one. 
maybe there's something else. Maybe maybe there's another way to volunteer or to be involved civically. I don't know. The, all those kind of questions. Good. Yeah, we're going to talk about those things coming up really soon. And uh, speaking of kind of family and can we leave them behind, another topic is that whole general thing of family. You know, I know Irene has six kids, and they're kind of spread in different parts of the nation now. And so when Thanksgiving comes and Christmas and all of these vacations, it's like, which one of the kids do you visit? And Mm. which of the other kids do you offend by not visiting? And research clearly shows, actually, that when grandparents are active in the lives of their grandchildren, those young people, those young children grow into adulthood, of course, like the rest of us. But because of the involvement of their grandparents, they live healthier, more successful lives. They're more confident as adults. All of these things really are improved because of the involvement of the grandparents. However, sometimes we have trouble when grandparents are too involved. And, (laughs) you know, (laughs) the hovering helicopter grandparents... And uh, so we got to talk about those kinds of things. How do you balance all of that? And so those are some issues that we're going to talk about for those of us in the church. Sometimes what happens when your kids leave the church or when the kids uh, have struggles with faith? What do we do as grandparents? Not only to help the kids and encourage them, but what about their own kids, our, our grandkids and the worries we have about them? So that's another area. Oh, yeah, that's a tough one. But but then there's the fun, and oh, we need yeah. to talk about that, too. Yeah, the because stuff. the other thing I always said I'd do when I was retired and, and no longer responsible for all these children was travel. So travel, vacations. Yeah, that's we want to talk part. about that, about traveling on a budget and about fun places to go and activities that are enjoyable. I just had a friend, two friends, who went off to Australia to scuba dive. Oh, now, wow. doesn't now that, that sound like a dream? That's a blast. Though I've never scuba dived and have no desire to do it. It still sounds fun. <laughs> it does. For them. For them. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, Irene, Irene alone, Irene and Curtis had just got back, I think, a day before the the marriage of her <laughs> son. You know, they were trying to avoid all Felt the prep like stuff. <laughs> so, but they spent, what, three weeks or yeah. in Europe. Yeah, we had a so, great time. Uh, how fun was that? This and vacation stuff's good. It is. My wife and I did for the first time in our married life we went on a cruise to Alaska last summer and uh, that was a blast too but you know there's also cheap stuff mm-hmm. doesn't have to be expensive you can just go uh, you know to the city next door and get a hotel or something and go to a concert or something like that there you, you don't have to go someplace exotic there are all kinds of fun things to do right absolutely so yeah so that is kind of who we are that's what we're doing. There are several places that you can find us, and all of these are going to be live in the very, very, very near future. Hopefully by the time you hear this podcast, they already are live. There's a website, nextnesthub.com. We're going to advertise all of our other podcasts. We're going to have them downloaded on the site, and all those. we're going to share information and maybe links to other kinds of information you would enjoy. Cool. I'm going to figure out how to find that. I haven't looked there yet. (laughs) It's going to be fun. Yeah, we'll do it. We're going to have a Facebook page, and we want to get a lot of discussion and sharing going. You know, we want to generate a community out there. 
where discussion around these topics is free and freewheeling, as it were. And we'll post photographs and other kinds of things on Instagram and videos on YouTube. We might even get into Facebook Live type events before we podcast and things like that. So that's who we are. Any last words, Irene? No, I'm so excited to be here. I think that there are just great opportunities out there for us in these more later years of our lives. And I'm anxious to talk about people that are doing awesome things. Wonderful. Well, we appreciate that very much. If you you hear about us or if you listen to these podcasts, we're banking on the great old church network, word of mouth. Mm-hmm. that goes from ward to ward, and uh, that's a good thing. We hope it works for us. Also, any friends, so whether you're members of the church or not, um, a lot of these topics would be interesting to you too, so join in with us. Let's build this community. So here we are, I think, until our uh, next podcast. Let's uh, say goodbye. Goodbye, world. <laughs>